Happy Wednesday to everybody. It's good to see you all online, and we're so glad that you have joined us this evening at Spirit of Grace Church, and uh, thank you for uh, joining us here on a Wednesday night. I know that you could be other places, but you're joining us for the Word of the Lord, and we're thankful for you being with us on Facebook and on Zoom, and uh, in the midst of dealing with all of these things, we're excited to at least be able to get together this way and share the Word of the Lord with you. Let's just open up this uh, evening just with a word of prayer that the Lord would just speak to us in Jesus' name. Lord, we love you and we praise you. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy to us. We thank you for this opportunity that we have to gather together online, Lord, and to open up the Word of God and to hear your voice. I pray, Lord, that something that would be said uh, tonight would uh, minister and strengthen and encourage and allow us to continue to move forward in the grace and the mercy of the Lord. We'll love you and we'll praise you forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. It's good to uh, be able to uh, feel the warmth of the sunshine this afternoon. I got out this morning and it was a little chilly, but uh, today, tonight it's very nice and the rest of the week is supposed to be nice, so uh, enjoy the weather. Uh, just by way of announcement, we're going to again be meeting online on Sunday at 10.30 on Sunday morning, and uh, we're going to have just a good time in the presence of God online and excited about what God is getting ready to do. I believe that uh, we're going to hear more from our governor tomorrow. According to the news reports, he's going to make some announcements, but I see a light at the end of the tunnel. I don't know that it's going to be too much longer that we're able to, until we're able to gather together, but until then, uh, thank you for joining us online, and Let's open up the word of the Lord tonight. I'm going to read from 2 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And uh, I was thinking today about what to share with you all and where we're kind of at <clears throat> with this virus. And, and there are some times where uh, I am preparing to speak. And, you know, after six weeks of dealing with the virus, you kind of wonder, well, am I really supposed to continue to speak about kind of where we're at or open your word of the Lord and and see what other direction God can take us? But I do feel that this applies both to the situation that we're in with this virus, but even more importantly, as individuals, as a corporate body of believers, <clears throat> that uh, whether it's today or next week or things in the past, there are times where all of us face at some point or another, an enemy. And uh, we've been talking about freedom recently and things of that nature. And I feel tonight that there are some people, uh, whether they're watching it live with us now on Facebook or they'll watch the replay later or they'll catch it on um, our podcast uh, later on, that there's somebody that hears this that is facing... Um, resistance and uh, are almost paralyzed to continue to move forward in what we would classify as uh, just our life's journey, just continuing to move forward in our relationship with him. And I believe the Lord just kind of reminded me of uh, the scripture today where David had just lost everything that he had. Uh, his enemies had overtaken Ziklag, burned it to the ground, had taken all of uh, 
uh, their families and his mighty men's families captive. And the Bible says that David encouraged himself in the Lord. And uh, I pray that uh, tonight that somebody is encouraged in the Lord uh, with the passage of scripture that we're going to read tonight. Um, I want to just entitle this little message, um, What is God Saying Just Before the Battle? What is God saying just before the battle? And so in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, um, starting at verse number 14, actually 13. As all the men of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, wives, and children, the Spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men standing there. His name was Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, son of Benaiah, son of Jael, son of Mataniah, a Levite who was a descendant of Asaph. He said, listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Listen, King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, march out against them. You will find them coming up through the ascent of Ziz at the end of the valley that opens into the wilderness of Jericho. But you will not even need to fight. Take your positions, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you, O people of Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. And I just felt very strongly that um, God was trying to speak to us as individuals as well as a, a body that we are standing on the precipice of a battle. There is a battle that we may not even recognize as we are, as a nation, as a world, trying to get back to what we were prior to this virus hitting and this pandemic coming. And uh, in some cases, that is very concerning for people. There's a lot of people that are uh, operating in... Um, well, with just a lack of a better term, fear, but we're going to talk a little bit more about that in a minute. But I believe that God is wanting us to take these, uh, really there's, there's seven commands that the Lord gives in this passage of scripture that I want to share with you tonight. And I believe it's commands that you and I can take to heart. And if we apply them, um, we can rest in victory and in strength um, and in understanding uh, what... Uh, God can do for us and wants to do for us. So the first thing that we read here in verse 15 that God says, he says, don't be afraid or do not fear. Fear has encapsulated society, um, whether it be through the news reports, the media, all of the different reporting, things of that nature. There has a fear has uh, overtaken our country and our world and uh, I heard uh, one preacher say that he felt like there was a cloud of darkness that has just settled in over America and over the church and over the people that are just trying to make it. And, uh, and, I, and I agree with him to a certain extent. And here's the problem with fear. Fear is something that paralyzes us uh, with something that 
is tangible but not real. And what I mean by that is is this. If I would, um, God forbid, if I would break a leg and I'd have to wear a cast or be immobilized, that is something that is tangible and real that is that locks me up that where I can't walk again or I can't move again until that healing process takes place. Fear is the paralyzation before anything has really happened. I'm afraid of taking the next step, so I'm going to stay here. I'm afraid of the next victory, so I'm going to stay here. And, and there, you can read it all through scripture where people would come to the point of stepping into a dimension or a destiny that God had for them, and out of fear, they would back up. The perfect example would be the spies that Moses sent into the promised land, and all but two of them, Caleb and Joshua, came back with a report of fear. In our own eyes, they were as giants, and and that fear paralyzed them, and it caused the entire nation of Israel to have to set uh, stop before entering into the promised land, and they missed out on the opportunity of being a part of what God really had intended for them. And so in this passage of scripture, he says, don't fear, do not fear, or do not be afraid. Um, I know that's harder or easier said than done. It's hard to remove that fear, especially when you're bombarded by it on every angle, uh, because by nature, you and I as human beings have a tendency to worry. And we've talked about uh, worry and fear in the last couple of weeks. But you have to understand that fear will never change your situation. Fear doesn't change a situation. It, it paralyzes, it immobilizes a, a situation. Respond to what is needing to happen because of fear. Um, and, and I remember the first time, uh, thankfully I had a friend that I was competitive with, but I remember the first time I went downhill skiing and uh, I had never done it before. And so because, you know, all of my friends were so merciful, we went on the biggest hill the very first time. And so coming off of that that chairlift out at Afton Alps and looking down the hill, and I turn over to my friend, his name was Dan, and who had had skied on a race team in high school, and I looked at him and I said, you've got to be kidding me. Well, up there I had one of two options. I could either sit down and on my rear end and go all the way down the hill, or I can go down on the skis. That's about the only two options I had, or I could just live up on top of the hill. Uh, and, and so thankfully I was able to overcome that fear, but it was just because I had to move. But there's too many of us that when things happen in life, it immobilizes us and it puts us in, it doesn't change our situation and we get stuck in the place that we're at. Uh, I, I, I read this statement or I, I heard this statement somewhere years ago and it's simply this, fear tolerated is faith contaminated. Fear tolerated is faith contaminated. And what I mean by that is when you allow fear to rule, now don't misunderstand me, there's always going to be moments where we are fearful, where we are apprehensive, where we are worried about something that's just natural. But when we allow it to consume us, when we allow it to overwhelm us, when fear becomes the driving force of who we are, uh, when we tolerate that, our faith becomes contaminated because you can't really have fear and faith. Faith will cancel out fear. So the greater your faith is, the less fear you're going to have. The greater fear you have, the less faith you're going to have. And so fear tolerated is faith contaminated. And so the Lord is telling the children of Israel here in Second Chronicles, 
don't be afraid. You know, if you really thought about it and you took the emotions of it away in, in the situation and the bombarding of everything that goes around us and, and uh, the responsibility that we have for our children and the responsibility that we have for our family and, and all the things that we have going on in our life, when you step back, if your faith really says God is in control, God knows what he's doing, it really makes you able to face the circumstance with a lot less fear. And it allows you to rest in his hands. Now, as I say this, I know that there are people even that are hearing me on, on this video tonight that have dealt with fear. You've been fearful. This, this pandemic has caused fear in some cases. Don't, don't take what I'm saying as a condemnation because I, I don't mean it in that. I totally understand where we get fearful, we get frustrated. God understands that as well. The challenge to us tonight is simply this. Do what you can by even asking him, God, I'm dealing with fear right now. I just need to have my faith elevated. Help me, uh, as the disciples once said, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. And uh, just in other words, I'm not saying that to be condemning, but I, want, I am saying that to challenge you to draw closer to him and, and seek his help in raising your faith level to overcome the fear level. The second thing that he says in verse 15 is he says, uh, so he says, don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army. In other words, don't be dismayed. Don't be stressed out. Don't be distraught. Don't find yourself uh, overly concerned. Now, you have to understand what they were getting ready to face. They were getting ready to face an army that was uh, getting ready to come at them. They were going to have a battle. And, uh, you know, I appreciate all of those men and women that have served and that have gone to uh, natural battle on our behalves as Americans. We appreciate those. So I, but I never did that. Uh, I went into Bible college and I, I took a different path. And uh, I have never had to face down natural um, warfare, if you will. But natural warfare is, or spiritual warfare is as powerful as natural warfare in a lot of cases. And it's hard sometimes, uh, and maybe this is just even for me today, because uh, as we're going now into 45 or 46 days since everything's been shut down, and that's a long time, and I'm getting stir crazy, and our families are getting stir crazy, and I, I want to get back to, I don't even necessarily want to get back to normal, I just want to get back to having church and having some semblance of uh, structure. Uh, in fact, if, if you didn't realize it, today's Wednesday, because all of our days are kind of running together, and, and, and it's, it just feels off. And so sometimes you can get discouraged, and, and like David, we need to encourage ourselves in the Lord. Be not discouraged because of the army that's in front of you. Don't be discouraged because you're facing situations that are bigger than you. When you don't have fear and you have faith, it becomes easier to be encouraged. And but when you combine faith and lack of, or combine fear with a, a troubling faith, all of a sudden that discouragement can set in pretty easily. And I want to challenge somebody today. Listen, don't be discouraged. There is going to be a brighter day. Can I just tell you? And I'll just be plain and simple. That brighter day may be glory. 
it, this God may be wrapping all this up, and, and I don't know, I'm not saying this in a prophetic way, but if he does and the trumpet sounds tonight and we go to see him in glory and we walk on streets of gold, it's going to be a brighter day. Tomorrow's going to be a brighter day. It doesn't matter what we're facing, where we're going. This is an opportunity for you and I to reset ourselves tonight and relook at some things and say, I will not fear. I will stand strong. I will not be discouraged. I'm going to be encouraged by the blood of the lamb, by the power of my testimony. I'm going to encourage myself in the Lord because the Lord knows and understands, and he's been too good to me for too long a period of time for me to get discouraged. And uh, as you begin to speak that to your Self, if you begin to recognize that, as that begins to happen, you will find yourself beginning beginning to get encouraged. I, I didn't read the passage where Dave, the Bible says David encouraged himself in the Lord, but what's interesting about that passage, and you can read it some other time, is he's lost everything. They've wiped out his city, they've taken his family, they've taken all of his warriors' families, and they have fled Ziklag. And the Bible says that he went and encouraged himself in the Lord. It was that after that encouragement that he could ask God, should I pursue? Before he wasn't able to ask God if he could pursue. And so that, that challenges me today. Until I get myself, my mind right with God that says, you're in control. No matter what happens, it's going to be good. It's going to be fantastic. Let's go. Should I go pursue? Then God will give us license to go pursue. Somebody, I believe, is at that point tonight where you're wanting to pursue some things in him in their spiritual relationship with your life that you're wanting to grab a hold of, and you're standing there, and you're wondering what in the world is going on, and here's, here's the thing that you can say. I am encouraged in the Lord because the Lord's on my side. Let's go. Let's move. Let's pray a little bit more. Let's worship a little bit more. Let's give a little bit more. Let's do a little bit more. And we're so very grateful for that. The next thing that he says in this, uh, he says, don't be afraid, don't be discouraged, for the battle is not yours, but God's. The battle is not yours, but God's. Too many of us are fighting battles that are ours, not God's. And when you realize that those battles are never going to do anything for you until you step aside and say, okay, God, lead me to your battleground where you're doing the fighting. See, we oftentimes, we pray the wrong prayer. We pray the wrong prayer. Here's the prayer that we most often pray. And, and, and you can, uh, as my pastor used to, one of my pastors used to say, you can say, amen or oh me, it's, it's still the same. And that is this, we pray this, God bless this food. God bless this. God do this. God help me with this. Instead of saying, God, let me do what you're blessing. Let me do, let me go where you're moving. Let me accomplish what you're trying to accomplish. In other words, we try to bring his blessing to us when in all actuality, the bad, that, that makes the battle ours. When we get to the place where we can say, okay, God, I'm going to where you're moving. Now we're saying, okay, God, it's your battle. And when we step into his battle and he's the commander in chief, that fear and that discouragement is hard to keep a hold of because you're now on the battlefield where God is doing the moving and God is doing the shaking and God is beginning to mobilize 
his army, and his army is always, in fact, there are many times in scripture where God sends, the Bible calls them ambushments. They send ambushments before the people where they walk into the city and nothing is even had, they haven't had to do anything. God's already taken care of it. Now, wouldn't it be nice if we were smart enough and willing enough to just do that with God? Say, God, I don't necessarily want you to bless this action of mine, but I want to do the action that you're already blessing. I don't want you to step into my sphere of influence and bless that. I want you to take my sphere of influence and step it and place it into the where you're moving and where you're operating. Because if I can get to there, then I'm in your battle and you can take care of the rest and I'm just along for the ride. And see, sometimes we get so confused because we're trying to get God to come and bless. I don't know how many times throughout my life I've attempted to do something and tried to accomplish something and said, God, why aren't you blessing it? In fact, one of the things that I remember very, uh, when I was in Bible college, I think I've shared this a little bit before, but when I was in Bible college, um, we worked wherever we could find a job. And uh, I worked at a place called Arborgate Inn in Dover, Delaware. It was a hotel. And the reason why I worked there is they hired us. I, I did two or three nights a week and I could work the 11 to 7, 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. shift. Um, and so I could go in, I could do all my homework and still be able to do everything else that I was doing all day. <clears throat> and so, uh, another gentleman in our school worked there at the same time. He worked a couple of nights. I worked a couple of nights and we cut, several times commented on the fact that it was not unheard of to watch drug deals going down, down all over there and watching these dealers step out and have all kinds of cash. I mean, all kinds of it. And and he and I would comment, you know, God, what's the deal? Here's these people rolling in dough, and we're trying to do your work. We're trying to go to your school, and we're having to work in this place in order to pay our school bill. And what was really happening was, looking back on it, what was really happening is we were trying God to get God to step into our battle instead of us going to his battle. He doesn't need me to figure things out. The only thing he needs me to figure out is that I can't figure it out and I need to go with him. That's the only thing he needs. And when I do that, I step into his battlefield that he's in control of and his angels, his mighty angels are much, much stronger than any, any other battle that I can play, uh, find myself in. So first of all, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. The battle isn't yours. It's God's. Notice now in verse number 17, but you will not even need to fight. And so this is what he's, this is the next commandment right here. Take your positions. Take your positions. My question to you tonight is, are you positioned for victory? Are you positioned for victory? If you're not, here, here's the only place that you'll have victory is if you're in the battle. If you're in the battle on God's battlefield, God will give us the victory. But too many of us try to sit on the sidelines or we try to get into the back of the army. We try to get in the back of the field so that we don't have to deal with anything. We'll let others deal with it. We'll let others pray for it. And uh, and I remember one time when, and I don't know why all my Bible school life is coming back to the fore. I think maybe because one of our classmates had a birthday this week and they had it celebrated on Zoom. And so it's been in my mind, but I remember, started to remember some of the things that took place when I was in college and, 
and I was um, on the praise team in the church, and I can remember oftentimes uh, I always uh, was able to then look out at the congregation, and, and it was interesting to see, even at a young age, as you're looking out, as the music began to play, you could tell almost immediately who was going to walk away from there uh, changed and transformed and moved by the presence of God. And the reason why you knew that is because they were engaged from the very beginning. They had come to church and the church service had started. And, and you can even see it to, to this day, probably. Uh, our praise team members can probably attest to some of this. Um, but you can look across and instantly somebody is engaged with the presence of God, with the worship of God. And basically what I'm saying is they've stepped into the front line. They've positioned themselves. Mm -hmm. If you don't position yourself, if you don't create a place for God to move in you, God can't move in you. Uh, my wife has told the testimony, and I'll share it again. For a long time, we wanted to have children. And uh, we, we started, uh, it was about nine years into marriage, and we got a call on the phone, and somebody, a friend of ours, uh, had an opportunity for us to adopt. It was an open adoption, and we actually had our airline tickets to fly out to go get the baby. And uh, so Trish had gone in, and in our little room, in our little home, had created a, a little nursery area and had created some closet space. And, uh, well, this this uh, this child... Um, did uh, was stillborn, and so we weren't able to obviously adopt. And so, as Trish was getting ready to pack some of that stuff back up, uh, the Lord spoke to her and said, "No, keep the space, uh, create a space." And as we did that, that became a principle in our life because shortly thereafter, obviously, we had uh, Owen. But that principle is when you create space for God to fill, God will fill it. When we, get, when we crowd God out, when we are not positioned properly to receive uh, and empty ourselves out for the things of God, when we, when we don't do that, we're not allowing God the freedom to step in and minister and move in us. And so our challenge today is to take a position, get on the front line, empty yourself out, create a space for God to do it. And when, when that happens, then God begins to lead you and direct you. Because here's what happens. When you're, in the, when you're not positioned properly, you try to fight on the way that you think you can fight. Um, uh, I'm, I'm not a boxer, but I have watched enough boxing and I've been around athletics enough to listen to some boxers. There's certain ways that people box and they know how to do their footwork and they know how to put their hands. They know how to strike and, and counter punch and jab and, and do all of those things. And uh, a fighter that does not position himself well is a fighter that does not last very long in the ring. And uh, they may be because they're not fighting the proper way. And so when you get into this thing called life and you're in a battle, you need to position yourself where God wants you to be positioned. Get right in the middle in the heat of the moment and let God begin to direct your steps so that when you begin to move, you're you're being moved by the the, the leading of his spirit. And when you do that, his spirit will step forth and you can position yourself for victory. Because then the next step, notice what he says. He says, not only take your positions, but then he says, stand still. In other words, remain in your position. Get to your position, then stay there. 
The people that come and go all the time and try to live for God up and down and in and out. And the reason why they don't have their victory is because they may find their position for a momentary uh, minute or so. And then all of a sudden they're off doing something else and they get distracted by the, the things around the battlefield. It's It's amazing to me to watch and read about some of the historical way wars were fought. Do you realize that even at places like Gettysburg, there were hills that had people watching like it was this big show. They were up on the hills in their carriages and and they were just, they weren't in the fight. They weren't a part of the fight, but they were standing around watching and not engaged at all. And so they were out of position. They weren't in position to make a difference for anything. And there's so many people that will step into a battle and then step out of the battle. They'll, they'll find their position that God has them in. And then they get, it's like they get bored with that position and they try to find something else. There are so many people that I know of that have tried to serve God that are frustrated in serving God, not because God hasn't been good to them, but because they haven't taken the time to find where they're at or where they're supposed to be. Or when they do find that place, they don't stay in that place where they're supposed to be. And I'm not talking just location. I'm talking mental attitude, spiritual attitude, perspective, uh, direction, prayer life. Um, there, there's too many of us are just, and I know we preach this, so some of it may be even a preaching fault, but th- we're always looking for the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. Give me the, something else new. Y- you know, it's it's like all of us within what we do in life. It's Okay, I got my new car. Okay, two years down the road. Okay, I need a next another new car, and 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 I got this new shirt. And now I need another shirt. It's it's the next thing. And and when we get to the next thing, we're not standing still. We're not staying where God has positioned us. And and some of us get so distraught and tired because we're trying to find our way by taking the next step without staying and standing in the place and the position where he has placed us. There, there's a, not a philosophy, I guess, but there's a mindset that my wife and I adopted when we were very young um, in the ministry and when we started, and that was <clears throat> every position that God opened up for us was a lifelong position until he changed it. And so we never... Uh, we never looked at ministry opportunity as a stepping stone to another ministry opportunity. Uh, we just, we, our philosophy, our mindset was when God opens a door, we'll walk through it. And until he opens the door, we're, not, we're just going to stay and, and be effective in the place that we're at. And uh, I don't know if that was just kind of uh, put into us by our parents and the people that we did, but it's just always something in, that has been in our spirit. And uh, that's really what this scripture is saying is find where you're supposed to be until God changes your position, stay there. And God, until God shifts you, stay where you're at and allow God to minister through you because where you're at is where you're going to be the most effective if that's where God wants you. When God wants you in a certain position or a certain place, that's where you're going to be the most effective. That's where you're going to be the most uh, fulfilled. That's where you're going to be uh, the most victorious. And that's when the fear dissipates and the discouragement dissipates because you know you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. It was so encouraging today for us uh, on a personal level. Uh, Somebody posted a picture of 
our kids back in Kansas City 25 years ago. And uh, to hear some of their responses to that picture was just so encouraging to us to know that we are still, after all these years, bonded together in our hearts, in our spirits with all of those, we call them kids. Some of them are in their 40s already, believe it or not. And, uh, and, and they'll always be our kids. Um, but to, to hear that and to see that, but well, why was that? Well, because that time in our life, we were in the right position and God was using us, not only using us to help them, but God used them to help us. They ministered to us and are still ministering to us as much as we ministered to them. And so if you want to get off of the yo-yo relationship with God, Find your position, stand still in your position, remain in your position. And then the next thing here in verse uh, 17, and watch the Lord's victory. When you get to that place where, when you get to that place where you have found what God, and, and listen, God shifts us from time to time. We're not ever going to be in the same spiritual dynamic until Jesus comes necessarily. God has expanded my spirit immensely in the last 10 years. He has, he has exploded within us, and his word has come alive in us. I'm not talking about finding a place and then just cowering down. I'm talking about following the leading of the Lord and finding that position, then staying in that position, and then watch what God does. Some of you have entered into, even recently, avenues where God is able to use you to minister to somebody else and you don't even see the 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 ripple effect yet, uh, and so don't wait for the ripple effect. And what do I mean by the ripple effect? Here's what I mean by the ripple effect. When I was uh, five years old, I was in uh, a kindergarten Sunday school class. Uh, my Sunday school teacher was Lil Feldick, and she was just this little feisty lady that was uh, so much fun to be around. And she made such a difference in my life at five years old. And she may not have thought that she was doing much because she was dealing with five-year-olds. Five well, she was dealing with five-year-olds for many years. But uh, now if she's looking back in that position that she was in to minister to at least this five-year-old, since that time that I was five and since I've grown and God has started using me, is it just me that's been responsible for everybody? Is it just me that's responsible for you listening tonight? No, part of the thing, people that are responsible for what you're hearing tonight is people like Lil Feldick, who was my kindergarten Sunday school teacher. In the position that you're in, you don't understand what ripple effect you're gonna have. You don't understand what's going to happen years down the road if the Lord should tarry. You don't understand what's going to happen next week as one person that you've ministered to shares it with somebody else, which shares it with somebody else, and all of a sudden, without you even realizing it, you have ministered to hundreds and even thousands. Uh, I learned this lesson where you, you, you find your place, you minister, and then you watch God work. I, I, I learned this several years ago. Um, Somebody, I'll tell you how long it was because our, our preaching was recorded on cassette at the time. That's how long ago this was. And for those that don't know what a cassette is, look it up. Um, and uh, Randy will tell you. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, the, the, that's how long ago it was. And, and I found out that a lady in our church were sending these cassettes to somebody that I had never met out in Colorado. And... Uh, 
I had never met this lady, had never talked to her. And out of the blue, I get a note or a message somehow that my ministry has been touching her life. My messages have been touching her life. Well, I had never talked to her. I've never met her, but it let me know that when I had touched whoever it was, I can't remember who it was that actually took the recordings and mailed them. Uh, but that person had then made one of the ripples of my ministry. And so I said all of that to say this, when you find your place and you stay in your place and you begin to watch God move, that, that what you're watching is the ripple effect. You're going to see people all across. Uh, there, there's an old song that is so profound. It's thank you for giving to the Lord. And a lot of people have, have sung it. Um, but one of the verses is when you get to, you're standing in heaven and all these people are walking by thanking you and you've never met them and you've never talked to them. Well, could it be that the person that you ministered to ended up ministering to 10 other people and out of those 10, and now all of a sudden you're hundreds of people down the road. Listen, there's people that are going to, that have already gone on to the Lord that are in heaven today, but their ripple effect is still happening in the earth today. There are people that have have paid the ultimate sacrifice, whether through long life or short life, have gone on to be with the Lord, but the effect of their life is still rippling today. I am a byproduct of some of those ripples, and you, by hearing and being ministered to by the word of the Lord, are part of the ripples of those persons' uh, experience. And so when you are able to take a different perspective by finding where God wants you, staying where God wants and then watching God, take a step back and just watch. Uh, don't get don't get so near focused that all you can see is what you're dealing with and the situation you're dealing with. Begin to take a step back and look into the distance of that ministering, and you may not ever even understand. Can I just tell you there are people that are in ministry today because somebody did something and they've never met them, and that person is now preaching the gospel to people, and and because of the ripple effect. Don't and here here's the thing and and as I've been talking here it's as you can tell I kind of get a little excited about it but there's a progression to the thing that God says here remember we started out with not being fearful not being discouraged because the battle's not yours okay that's where most of us dwell most often but then when you get to the place where you start positioning yourself and finding that place with God all of a sudden we begin to see some things. Listen, when I can step back in just my life, let alone everybody that went before me and the, the ripples, when I take a step back and I see the ripple effect of what God has done through me, and, and I don't say that boastfully, it's I was just a conduit of him. It's him doing the work. It's him. It's his battle after all. But when I can step back and I can look across the country and I can see all of these kids that that I've that I've been able to minister through the years, they're out doing ministry, touching other people's lives, pastoring other churches, people in their churches that I will never ever meet until glory, and, and they're doing that. Well, all of the sacrifice that we may have made, all of the struggles that all of the the fear and the discouragement and those seasons where things don't seem to be right and we're worried, all of that dissipates, and I'm not fearful anymore. I'm not discouraged anymore. I've realized that God is doing a mighty work, has done a mighty work, and it's going across to people that we don't even understand or know. 
And then the last thing that I want to share with you tonight is simply this. After all of that, he says, do not be afraid or discouraged. He repeated himself, go out against them tomorrow for the Lord is with you. Go ahead, face your situation. Face your ministry opportunity. Face the thing that's standing in your way. Face your mountain and do so with confidence. When you do it with confidence and boldness, God will allow the mountains to tremble. And God will allow the things uh, that are in our way to begin to shake and begin to move. Uh, we, have, we have said this before, and it's, it's, it's in the Bible. It's a, it, we are in a season where everything that can be shaken is being shaken so that the things that cannot be shaken will remain. The things that cannot be shaken need to be us. Put your feet on the ground. Be bold in him. Don't cower to the attack of the enemy. Don't worry about the army that's in front of you. Don't worry about the situation that's in front of you. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. God's got you. He's got you. You're in his battle. It's not your battle to fight. You just position yourself for God to use you and be with you. And as you're standing there in that position, begin to look at what God is doing. And as you begin to look at what God is doing, then you can step out onto the battlefield yourself. And you can look at things straight in the eye and say, no, 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 no. What you have thought was evil, God is making into good. What you had, had created for my downfall, God is creating for my promotion. When you understand what God is trying to do in this day, in this age, this season, uh, the more I think about it, and, and maybe this message was just for me because uh, I, I'm ready now to go through a brick wall. Uh, I have built up enough energy in the last half hour of sharing this this word of the Lord with you. Uh, come on, devil, let's do it. Let's the, the old song that says, "Me and the devil had a tussle and I won," and, and, and he can't he can't destroy us because he's a defeated foe. You can't lose to a loser, and, and so if you stay in the hands of the winner, and so if you're holding on to God, God sees all things, controls all things and is, has authority over all things, so we're already on the winning side, we might as well be encouraged about it. I don't know what's going to happen in the coming weeks. I don't know when we're going to be able to get back together in the, in the, in the church house. I don't know what's going to happen uh, in the next couple of days when things are going to be taking place and, and how all of this is going to be played out. But this one thing I do know, I know that God has already ordained the steps of his people. If we will just listen to him and step out in faith and not fear and begin to walk in the truth of his word and in the power of his spirit, there is no doubt, devil in hell that can come against us. There is no adversary that can become against us, that can fight against us, that can win, that can, that can trouble us. We, can, we will have the power to tread upon serpents. And if any deadly thing tries to take a hold in the mighty hand of God, he's operating in the mighty word of the Lord. He is in this last day, this last hour, God is doing a great work. And I want to be a part of it. I don't know about you, but I want to be right smack dab in the middle of the flowing river. I've never been one that loves the white water rapids on the raft. That's not my cup of tea. Give me the lazy river on an inner tube. That's my cup of tea. 
But whatever it is, whether it be the lazy river or the white rapids, wherever God wants us to go, I want to be right smack dab in the middle of what he's doing. Help me to jump into the river that you're flowing in, God. Help me, God, to, to find the spirit that you're moving in and the, the vein that you're operating in so that, that myself, my family, my boys, my church family, that we can walk in the power of his might. Praise God. I'm ready to fight. <laughs> I feel the power of God as I share this word. His word is awesome. His word is powerful. Cheryl Perkins just posted on Facebook an old, old song. Got my foot on the rock, my feet square on the ground, throw my head in the air, I look him straight in the eye. And, and that's, that's what I feel tonight. I feel like, let's just do this. Satan, you're, I'm done. I'm tired of you messing with our emotions. I'm tired of you messing with my mind. I'm tired of you messing with our spirits. I'm tired of, of quarantine. I'm tired of all of it. I'm just getting re I'm, I'm ready to burst forth in the power. The Bible did say this. Jesus said this, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living. I'm ready for the springs of living water to explode. And I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to, to, to experiencing that. And it doesn't have to wait till we're back together. It can happen right now. It can happen in your homes. It can happen in your vehicles. It can happen in your neighborhoods. Just find your place in the battlefield of God and watch him begin to do a work. Praise God. Would you pray with me tonight? Jesus, you're calling an army forward right now. Lord, you're placing us on the battlefield for victory. You have never lost, God, on the battlefield that you've commanded. It's always been a win. And Lord, I'm asking you to lead us and guide us onto that battlefield. Help us, Lord, not to be afraid. Help us not to be discouraged. Help us to realize it's your battle, not ours. Help us to find our position where you want us to be stationed. Help us to stay there and then begin to watch you begin to work and help us to face our enemies straight on with confidence in who you are. We'll love you, we'll praise you. If you should, Terry, bring us back together on Sunday. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. I want to, before I uh, close out our Facebook, I, I, as as I'm teaching, I can see some of the statements that are coming on there. And a couple of people have asked about giving to Spirit of Grace Church. Uh, you can do so at spiritofgracechurch.org and just follow the donate button online. Uh, it's a safe way of giving. Or if you would prefer to mail an offering in at P.O. Box 48933, Coon Rapids, Minnesota, 55448. Uh, our... Randy and Taryn are checking our mail consistently, and, and uh, we're thankful for that, uh, thankful for your faithfulness. And just before I, again, leave on Facebook, thank you so much for all of you who are not really members of our church from near and far. Thank you for joining us on these online services. We've so enjoyed reading your comments, uh, seeing that you're with us, and uh, we pray that something that we've said, something that uh, you have felt in, in the anointing of the word of God that will register with you and strengthen you and keep you. May God richly bless you. And should the Lord tarry, we'll see you all Sunday at 1030 in Jesus name.